All right. Hello, Grace family. How are you guys doing? All of our campuses and those watching online, just welcome to Grace. We're so glad you're with us. You know, this is, uh, I guess, the beginning of Halloween week, right? This next, is it Sunday, is Halloween. So I, I figured we'd get in the spirit of it. Not that I don't celebrate Halloween, but I, the, the spirit of it, of, of really people are fearful, you know. And I tell you, the only thing, uh, Halloween's based on fear, but the only thing we should fear is God, amen. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of, of knowledge. But I, I want to have some fun with, to me, one of the scariest, spookiest verses in the Bible. So if you're married, you might want to hold hands through this because I want to share a verse with you. Ever since the time of our ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. That is kind of a spooky verse, isn't it? You know, I didn't get a standing ovation last time I did that, the last service. Uh, this is not one of those bedtime verses, is it? You know, but I will say this, there is a healthy fear, and it's the fear of God. There's one thing we should learn and grow in is our fear of the Lord. And it means a respect, a reverence for him and a reverence for his word. And, and in light of that, that's pretty serious indictment, right, by God. Because he was saying, here's how you return to me. And he, he kind of ties it into this idea of tithing. And so what I want to talk about for a little bit, you know, every February, actually, I do three weekends on finances, on uh, what is God's vision for your finances? How do we find financial peace uh, in our lives? Um, you know, what does God say about the subject of giving and, and what should our attitude uh, be? We do that every, uh, for three weekends in February, but I decided to do a, a standalone uh, today because a lot of you, when February happens, because you've been here for years and years, that's when you take your three week vacation. You know, you just, I don't want to hear that. The truth hurts. And so, uh, but so today I'm going to do this standalone. And I understand that when you talk on this subject, it elicits all kinds of emotions and, and I get that. But I do know there's a lot of questions that people have about tithing. I want to be able to hopefully answer some of those. In fact, uh, two weeks ago, I uh, was contemplating, okay, is this the message I'm going to do? And randomly at, at one of our services, I started talking to this guy and he goes, can I tell you something that's changed my life? No joke, two weeks ago. And I said, sure. He goes, your message on tithing. And I kind of said, really? That's not normally what I hear sometimes. But he goes, about three years ago, I finally said, I'm going to start believing and trusting in what you said. I've heard it for years. I said, I'm going to start doing it. He goes, Craig, it's transformed our life, our marriage. And I said, well, that's cool. He goes, but not only has it transformed my life, I have a good friend. He's a pastor in Ohio. He heard my testimony and he wants me to come up and he's flying up to this church in Ohio to share how tithing has changed his life. And I said, you know what? This is a good message that we all need to hear. Because you know what? Really the first point, tithing actually is a benefit to me for, for you. It really is tithing. When you really read the scriptures and about giving and about tithing, tithing is a benefit, benefit for you. In fact, my wife and I, um, 41 years we've been married. 41 years, yeah. 
And I don't know how you were when you were first married, but things are really tight. I mean, and I remember the principle of tithing having to, we said, okay, we believe in it and we're going to do it. And you know what? In 41 years, we've seen the faithfulness of God. When things are really tight, we saw God's faithfulness, and, and it's just amazing what we have experienced through it. In fact, verses 10 and 11 is where I want to start, and it goes on with, uh, with that same line in Malachi, and this is what God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. I don't know what that looks like, but it sounds exciting to me. You know, God has unlimited resources. He goes, I'll open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be room enough to store it. Sounds like a blessing to me. Sounds like a benefit. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. I mean, this sounds like that when we tithe, that God protects our stuff. See, they're in an agricultural uh, society and their income was based on agriculture. He says, I'm gonna take care of your land. I'm gonna take care of your fruit and the pests aren't gonna devour your flocks. You know what I relate to that? That you know what, when I'm doing what God wants me to do with my finances, even inflation is not going to touch me. I believe that. And listen, I'm not a prosperity preacher, by the way, but I do believe there is a power of blessing in the tithe. It's just too many times I've seen it uh, through scripture. And so I know that Debbie and I, in those 41 years, he met every one of our needs. Maybe not all of our greed. How many know that we can be greedy about certain things? I know I can, but he's met every need in those 41 years, even bringing Tom Brady to the Buccaneers. 41 years it took. Frustrating times, but God is, no, anyway, let's get back on the message. Uh, you know the word tithe, the word tithe actually means 10th. And 10 is symbolic in the Bible of testing. Did you know that? When you hear the word 10 in the Bible, 10 days of testing or 10, it's, it's a symbol of being tested. And so we need to understand that tithing is actually a test. Anybody that begins to want to honor God and surrender to tithe to God goes through a testing period. I know Debbie and I did when we were first married, maybe year two or three, we had two old cars. And uh, you remember those days, only some of you, and I remember the two old cars, and, but hey, they were paid off. How many love paid off cars? Yeah, no car payments. They didn't look good, but they were paid off. But one day, we hit a breaking point. My car broke down, her car broke down, we couldn't get anywhere, and, and, and I'm gonna tell you, for a few moments, I was tempted. I was tested, I was tempted, and, and what I wanted to do is I looked at my budget, I said, you know what? I'm tired of this. I think I can take my tithe, that amounts to a monthly payment for a car. It made a lot of logical sense to me in that moment. And so I prayed and I did it. No, I didn't do it. I, we trusted God. We got through it and God eventually met that, that need in our lives. But that's what happens. We go through a time of testing. Here's another thing about the tithe. Just going straight up with you. The tithe is the first 10%. See, when, if you lay out 10 $10 bills, let's say that's what you make, it's not the last $10 bill, it's the first $10 bill. That's how God sees it. it, it see, there's something supernatural that, that, that is triggered. When we give God the very first part, there's a blessing in it. How many know that when you start your day? If you start your day in the morning, whether it's 6 a.m. or 7 or 10, what, and, and you say, you know what, I'm gonna give God the first part of my day. I don't know about you, my days go a lot better. 
They really do. So this, this principle works in many areas of our lives. Here's what it says in Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord. Here's how we honor God. By giving him the, come on, everyone say it, first part. See, some of you are afraid to even raise your hand, think I'm going to call you out or something. But he says, honor the Lord by giving him the, the first part of all your income. And here's the promise. When you give him the first, then he will fill your barns with wheat and barley, and love this, and overflow your wine vats with the finest wines. Again, there's a principle that God says, if you will give to me first, honor me first, then here's what I'm gonna do for you. And it's a promise of the, of the word of God. In fact, I'll say this, um, there's a verse in Exodus 13 that says, dedicate to me, here's about the first, every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belongs to me. See, God was really uh, very careful about the first because he said to the shepherd, the first little lamb that sheep has, he belongs to me. You offer him to me. See, the, the challenge of giving God the first part, that requires faith. See, the, the shepherd could, well, I'll give God a lamb. But I'm gonna make sure that this sheep produces more lambs. I'm just gonna wait to the end of the month and if there's anything left, I'll give God some of my leftovers. God says, no, 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 honor me with the first fruits, the first porn, the first lamb. There's something very powerful when we do it the way God said to do it. It's the first part, it reminds me. In fact, here's why, and, and there's so many issues why people struggle with the tithe. Number one is they think they own it. It's an ownership issue. Number two, there's a fear issue. What if I tithe and there's not enough, amen? Come on, we've all been there, right? Or there's, there's, the, the, there's the management issue. Man, my heart, I want to give, but your finances are so upside down, you're, you're, you have a management, a money management issue. It's not how much you make, it's how you're managing what you have. That's why I love the class, FPU, Financial Peace University. We're modifying it, four-week class, I can't encourage you enough. If you're, if you're married and you're fighting over money, go to this class. If you're single and you struggle with money management budget, go to this class. If things are okay, but you want them to get better, go to, it's a four week class. I'm telling you, it's, it's transformational for your life. Okay, and, and it reminds me of another story about this little girl one day, and this kinda, <clears throat> for some of us, maybe you can relate to it. Her dad said, okay, you're going to church this morning on your way, she was walking to church. Here's a dollar for God, and here's a dollar for the candy store afterwards. So she's skipping along to church, and one of the, daughter, one of the dollars blows out of her hand, it goes right down in the gutter. And she goes, sorry God, that was your dollar. And that what happens sometimes we spend, or we, we, we kind of get to that point where, God, I wanted to do something, but sorry, you know, that's, that's sometimes how we, how we walk out our lives. And here's another uh, scripture that I wanna share. And no, here's another thing I, I will say about the area of giving God the first part. And, and this is something, I love technology. Technology helps us so many ways. How many do a devotion on your phone every day? Man, it, it comes up on the phone and it's right there and technology helps me to get God's word right in front of me every day. There's so many things technology does to help us to, to put God first. Well now, the technology we can provide is, is you know, automatic giving where you can, you can go online, you can say, you know what, I don't even wanna be tempted because when I see it, I spend it. 
So before I see it, I'd rather give it. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like your 401k. The only time I started really giving into retirement was about 15, 20 years ago. And I said, I really don't have anything. She goes, no, if you'll do it this way, you never see it. And you start just, and, and that's sometimes whatever you need to make you honor God. And I've had many people say, Craig, I did the auto. It was, it was, it helped me so much not to be tempted, not to be tested. So there's a lot of things, technology uh, that can help you. But here's, here's the principle you may want to write on your notes. And I preach this every year. Some of you know it by heart. Maybe I should do a rap to it. I don't know. It goes like this. Give, save, live on the rest. You give first, then you save, and you live on the rest. Give, save, live on the rest. I don't know, but you know, give, save. That's the principle how we should do it. Here's the problem. Here's a problem. Many times we spend our lifestyle, save if we have any, and there's nothing left for God. And some of us on every campus, you've been living paycheck to paycheck for years. Nothing's ever changed. You struggle, you have no peace, you have arguments about your finances, and it seems like you're making more, but don't, don't seem to be gaining any ground because you've been doing it the opposite of the way God wants us to do it. The God-honoring way is always give to God first, save, live on the rest. It's about not letting your lifestyle dominate your generosity. Many people, their lifestyle is so consuming, it's, it's cut into what they can even do for God or for others. And so, yeah, it, it gets a little heated sometimes when I say, yeah, I'm challenging you that maybe we should live below our means. Maybe we should live on less. Maybe we should create margin on here's what I make and here's how I live. And this margin, you know what that does for you? It gives you peace. It'll give you peace in your marriage. It'll give you peace in your home. There's something about creating margin, but a lot of people, they don't have margin. And man, that's not sustainable. That's not how God wants us to live. In fact, that's not how we honor God. We honor God by creating margin in our lives. So give, save, live on the rest. And then, and then I had a guy come up to me one time of a question. He thought he had me. He says, you know what? Everything you talk about is from the Old Testament. I said, you don't believe in the Old Testament? Well, I do, but there's nothing in the New Testament about tithing. I said, really, there's nothing? No, there's nothing. I said, well, you mind if I show you one? And it's actually the words of Jesus. And here it is in Matthew 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and even and, and you Pharisees, calls them hypocrites. For, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, in faith. Here's what he says. You should tithe. Yes. This is the words of Jesus. Here's the words. You should tithe. Yes. But do not neglect the more important things. Basically what he's saying is, look, man, you should tithe, but don't be a jerk. Show justice. Show mercy. To quit being a jerk in your everyday life. But yet Jesus confirms tithing in the new Testament. And here's another thing we know about the tithe. The tithe, uh, it's holy, right? The Bible tells us that the tithe is holy. What does that mean, the word holy? It means to set apart. It means to put aside. And that's why I believe when you think about the tithe and about giving, the practice of tithing can only be done when you consider it holy and you set it aside. I don't touch it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm just going to, God, that's yours. That belongs to you. 
See, that's the principle uh, behind tithing. It says in Leviticus, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. Then he goes on and says, it is holy to the Lord. Now think about this, a tithe from everything from the land, the grain, the soil, or from the trees. So any income stream you have, any revenue stream you have, the Bible says it belongs to God. We should tithe on all that we have. And I was tempted again, I have to admit, I was tempted two years ago. Debbie and I sold our home and we went and bought another one. But in the midst of our sale, we had been there for 20 years. You know how the market has been, right? Well, we had a lot of equity in our home. And when we sold it, there was like this equity of income that we, I said, wow, look at that. Isn't that exciting? And then this, this verse came to me, a tithe of everything. And I said, get behind me, Satan. I didn't want to hear it. I, did, I didn't want to hear it, but I knew. And as I worked my way through it, you know, I was able to say, okay, God, here's the equity. And, and, and we were able, and we did, of course, tithe even on that. And so, I mean, a tithe of everything. That's how we should live our lives. But there's another, another uh, story that I don't think you've ever related to tithing that I'd like to share with you. How many of you know the story of Adam and Eve? Come on, most of us know the story of Adam and Eve. Well, what did God do? He put them in this beautiful garden. Who gave them the garden? I mean, who planted the tree? God, God planted, and he goes, here's what I want you to do. Adam and Eve, have a great life. Enjoy this garden, every tree in it. I want you to enjoy it. There's mango, I believe there's a lot of mango trees. That's me, personally. Mango trees, apple trees, pear trees. But this tree in the middle, we don't know what's in that tree because this tree in the middle, the fruit on this tree, don't eat from this tree. Now, to me, as he said, this was a holy tree. This is something holy. I mean, don't, don't, don't even go near it. It was set aside in the middle of the garden. I think it was there for one reason, to remind Adam and Eve who owned it all. But we all know what Adam and Eve did. They went and they ate from the tree. They ate, technically, I believe they ate the tithe. And the Bible says that they, they, were, they were cursed. Now, I wanna encourage you, uh, whatever in your life where you're at right now, this is not to be condescending or condemning. I just believe that truth sets us free. And I believe that sometimes when we hear truth, we need to process it. That's why no one's clapping right now. That's why everyone's just looking at me like, when is this gonna be over? You know, last week, the end of the fight series, yay, everyone, Ralph's in the ring and he's boxing, yes, I believe. And this week, nothing. Crickets on every campus, a nervous laugh. <laughs> when are we leaving here today? You know, this is scary, right? You know, but you know, in 27 years, I've, I've learned one thing. The truth is the truth of the truth, no matter unpopular it may be. And so I'm gonna do it as, in a kind way. My wife said I should smile more. I'm smiling. I'm gonna speak God's truth in a loving way. I really want you to get this, because see, I believe tithing is a benefit for you. I, I really do, I really do believe, but it is holy. It is something we should set apart um, for God. Here's the last one, and actually, this is probably the harder one for me to say, because this last one, for those who are cynical or suspicious, are gonna see, you're gonna see this as self-serving with this last truth is, but I believe that the tithe belongs in the local church. I believe the tithe is where you are led and where you are fed and where you are cared for. I do believe that. I, I have no problem with, I give beyond my tithe to many different things, 
but the tithe belongs where you are led and where you are fed. Think about it. A thousand teenagers are gathering this week to hear God's uncompromising message. A thousand teenagers, and some of those are inviting unchurched friends whose lives are going to be changed. Their destiny is going to be changed at their fall bash. They think it's a party, but the word of God's going to be preached. And those young people are going to hear God's word, right? That's what happens, man, right? across all of it. And then I think about the 1,500 little ones from infant through uh, fifth grade that hear the word of God every weekend at Grace. They're cared for. They're led. They're fed. We change their diapers for those, the, the, the young ones. And, and we do that because we want to serve and love and encourage your children. You know, this is, this is, and then, then I think about how you're led and fed through groups. How many of you, if, if you're in a small group, it's your tribe, it's your environment, it's where you're encouraged, it's where you're cared for, it's where you're challenged, and, and, and it's where leadership is developed, and, and, and we put a lot of effort and money and time and staffing into every one of these areas because we, we're called to not just know the Lord, but to become disciples, and so there's a lot of things that we put in place because we want to feed you and lead you and care for you and, and pull some of you up. And I, I, I just part of who God's called a grace to be, but we tithe where we are fed and led. Here's a scripture for you. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil here to the house of the Lord. It says to the, the house, to the temple, to the house, it says the first fruits to the, to the house of the Lord, your God. So, and I can give you five more scriptures. We just don't really uh, have the time, but I can give you more. But here's what it says in 2 Corinthians. Apostle Paul was talking about sowing and, and when you sow, the benefits of it. He says, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. I mean, know oh, it's a ministry. Giving is a ministry and all of us should be a part of that ministry, not just a few. It says, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. That's what giving does. That's what tithing does. It helps us to, to meet needs. I mean, I mean, there's so many things that behind the scenes that happen every day at Grace Family Church, from the benevolence to the single mom, to the giving away of a car, to the missions that we support. I'll talk about that in a moment. But it says, to the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express uh, their thanks to God. And so we, we, we know that we believe, the Bible teaches, that it belongs in the church. But I will say this. Um, it's funny, I've had this conversation probably three or four times in the last 12 months. And I said, well, I, I need to address this. Three or four times this exact same question has come up. And it doesn't come up with a person who, who makes maybe, you know, not a lot of money. It's a, it's a person that makes a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money beyond what I can even. And they come to me and they, they're challenged. They say, Craig, I, I, I hear you talk about tithing, but 10% of what I make it's a lot of money to give to one place. It's a funny how we get enamored with the amount and God is always looking at the percentage. And I said, yeah, that is a lot of money. So what are you thinking? Well, my thinking is this, and this is what I've heard many, and they ask my, when they're gonna ask me, I'm gonna tell them the truth. They go, well, here's what I've done. I, I give two here, 2% here, three here, four here, and I give you whatever. And he goes, because I just feel that's a better better way to do it. And I said, well, I don't believe that's God's best way. I believe God says it belongs and, and that's something you're going to have to wrestle with. You and God will have to wrestle with that. And then uh, I had one guy uh, come to me and, and said, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed and frustrated. I said, why? He goes, well, you know, I, I make a lot of money. I said, okay, what? He goes, well, I, I've been given to all these different things and, and now everyone knows that I give and I feel pressure. 
because I have a lot, much is required. I feel this tremendous amount of pressure and, and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, what do you invest? What do you give to? And he started giving all these things. I said, we give to all those things. And he goes, sex trafficking. Yeah, we, we support sex trafficking. Not support, you know, we give towards. <laughs> so, okay, anyway, but you know, whether it's the homeless or Metropolitan Ministries or Student Ministry, FCA, First Priority, Metropolitan Ministries, uh, sex trafficking, we, we give to all these things. And I said, I think you kind of, you're talking about your investment portfolio. You should see the church like your investment portfolio. When you give your 10%, we redistribute that in, in, at many different levels, in many different places. And he goes, he looked at me and I don't, I, he kind of went, okay. And I don't think he really received it well. Three months later, I get a call from him. He goes, this is the best thing I've ever done. I've begun to do what you said and I, the pressure is off of me. I believe in what this church is doing. I've seen some of the missions you support, local and foreign. Yeah, man. And so... You know, take it or leave it. But that's, that's, what, we, that's what we believe the Word of God uh, teaches us. So when you think about our investment portfolio, 23 different local ministries and international ministries that Grace Family supports and you support. Your generosity is helping orphans in Haiti. It's helping a guy in Pakistan lead Muslims to the Lord. And, and amazing miracles are happening in the Middle East because of your giving. I mean, I can think of Nicaragua. I can think of, of, of the prison crusade ministry that we support. I can give you a hundred different things that, that when you really give, where it goes to, okay? And, uh, and so that's why we believe the tithe is where you are fed, where you are led, and where you're cared for. So where do we go from here? Where do, where do we go from here? Well, I always believe with Grace Family Church, we tell people to take steps, amen? So we talk on forgiveness, and we say, take a step, man. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. You need to forgive that person. You need to, in your heart, just ask God, God, give me the power to forgive. I know, and we challenge people to take a step. It could be a step on community. Take a step, join a group, get in a community, go to a small group, trust, try it one time. Well, the same thing financially. Listen, to give you a message without you being challenged to take a step, there's no growth for you. And so for some of you right now, you're processing Everything I'm saying is some of you are like, you're crazy, I'm out of here. But you know, the bottom line is we're asking you, God's asking you to take a step. For some, the step might be, I need to go to this finance class. Because from a money management perspective, I'm overwhelmed. My husband and I are fighting, or I'm single and I don't know what I'm doing. Or I just want to be a better money manager. Go to this class. Check it out. Four weeks starting in November. Uh, it helps you right before Christmas. I promise you, go to this class, you won't overspend at Christmas time and regret the, 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 the hangover you have in January, if you know what I'm talking about, right? And so that's just, a, and then for others, it's taking a step. And Craig, 10%, you're crazy. There's no way I could start out with 10%. Well, you know what? Start somewhere, start with 2%, 3%. Start saying, you know what, God? I'm gonna honor you with the first part of, and you put it in. See, this is between you and God. I mean, this is, this is you wrestling with the truth I've given you. What are you going to do with the truth? Reject it, accept it, learn from it, grow from it, or ignore it. Because see, if you keep ignoring it, nothing ever changes in your financial world. You come back a year later, things are the same. And so you take a step in that way. For others, it's an easy step. You have it. You have margin in your life. You've just put you first instead of God. 
Or you, maybe you've done partially. You go, you know, it's time to be all in, man. I, I, gotta, I gotta start at the benchmark and go, you know what? I can do the 10%. And you start there and you, and you take a step. And for some, I might be, yeah, my portfolio is all over the place. I'm gonna bring it right here to Grace Family Church. And if you have more questions about that, feel free uh, to, to, to talk to me. I'd I love to talk to you. Hey, but here's the bottom line is, any point of steps we take towards God requires surrender, amen? But when you surrender to God's financial plan, you're gonna find peace. When you surrender to God's financial plan, you're giving up control. You're saying, God, I don't wanna control it. I'm not gonna try to control the tithe anymore. I, I don't wanna control, I, want, I, I just wanna liberally give it, Lord, to you. And you know what, uh, I, I just, that's all I can say to you. I could just challenge you to take those steps today, amen? So the good news is this. Here's some of you thought, we're setting you up to take an offering. I'm not gonna do that. Because see, I don't want people giving emotionally. Oh, you're right, I need to start doing it. Listen, if it's emotional, it won't last, amen? It's something that becomes a part of your life. You get up in the morning, I have certain things I do every day. I get up, I walk six days a week at 5.30 to 6 a.m. in the morning. Just so you know, I brush my teeth every day. But I do these things every day and they become a habit in my life. What I'm talking about is not a one-time be inspired. Make it a habit. Be faithful, trust God. I understand the fear. I understand the fear issue. The scariest thing you can do is start putting God first because you're wondering, Will there be enough at the end of the month? It's a test, isn't it? I'm, I'm challenging you. God says, test me in this. Let, my, let me prove myself to you. You know, one of the ways God can tangibly uh, show his love is through, through providing for you. And, and I can tell you story after story of how God provided, whether it's for the single mom or, or the married, just amazing stories of what God has done. Or for those who, who have had a lot and said, you know what? I understand now the purpose of why I have a lot. Too much is given, much is required. Amen? So, hey, can we, can we pray all of our campus? Everyone bow your heads for a moment. Bow your heads for a moment. Lord, I, I pray uh, for everyone, those who have very little, who they feel overwhelmed even hearing this message. But God, help them to trust you. God, you said we need to be faithful with a little before we can be faithful with much. Help those, Lord God, to be good stewards of what they have. God, help people to be overcome fear with faith. Help people to put you first in their finances, Lord, in Jesus' name. And God, I pray for those who have just not, not known, God, that they would truly believe in the local church and say, God, I, I believe in the local church, and I'm gonna give the first portion, the first part, the tithe. God, I pray for those who have much, Lord, and that God, they're doing great things. I thank you for the generosity of all of our people. But Lord, I pray that they need to bring more focus and give them more understanding. Uh, show them, God, how to leverage what they have to do greater things for Jesus. Lord, I pray for that person who've never surrendered their life to you, Jesus. They're in this message, they're in this service on every one of our campuses. And Lord, what they're hearing is I need to give God control of my life. I live my life on my terms and not on your terms. Jesus, reach out and let them know how much you love them. 
Give them grace right now. Let them know, God, the gift of forgiveness is available for them. But God, they gotta humble themselves and admit they need a savior. So right now, if that's you, say, Jesus, I need you to save me from my sins. I need your forgiveness in my life. I need a new start. I need to give up control. My life and my way, it's not working. God, I want your way. I want your life. I wanna follow you, Jesus. Show me how to do that. I invite you into my life. Holy Spirit, come into me. Give me a new life, a new start right now, Jesus. Amen. Amen.